Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. As we begin today, and actually we continue our sermon series entitled Give, but give with a question mark. Because we want to know why are we supposed to do it? What's, what's, how do we do it? Uh, how much are we supposed to give? All that kind of thing. But I was just thinking here as we were worshiping and, and the idea of why give, that question. Why give? It's really the answer, I mean, the simple answer. There's plenty to look at and learn. But the simple off the top kind of answer is this. It, it's, it's wrapped up in what we believe God has given us to do. So let's just do a quick review of that. Three things, three things that, that we do as a church, as a church family, because we believe God wants us to do it. The first one is what? We, okay, you guys out there, right? Here we go, right? That, you're, you're on the right track. That's it, ready? We surrender to the Lord. Secondly, we grow to be like the Lord. And third, we tell others about the Lord. Well, we give and it's this idea of surrender and bowing ourselves before God and worshiping Him. We're saying, God, all of us, all of my life, everything that I am is yours. It's, it's, to, it's to honor you, and that includes my money. And so I give as an expression of that. And, and then God so loved the world that He did what? He gave His only begotten Son. He who was rich became poor, that we who were spiritually poor might become rich. God is a giver and a generous giver. And so we give because we want to grow to be like him. And then the third thing we do is we tell others. How many, how many people right now, just think in your own heart and mind, how many people do you know that do not know Christ and are headed for a Christless eternity? Way too many. So we give. So around here we can reach people for Jesus and around our region we can reach people for Jesus and around the world we can be involved reaching people for Christ. Plenty of reason to give. Father, I pray as we look into your word again to about another reason to give that you would speak to us, that we would get some clarity about this, that you'd change our hearts, confirm our hearts, whatever needs to happen, Father, for us to honor you in this area of our lives. And we prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. So we started this series last week and asked, why give? Uh, and there's two parts to that. We're doing the second part today. But the first part uh, dealt with the heart. And we saw last week that there is an inseparable heart-money connection in our lives. Remember, money, how much of your life does money impact? I mean, pretty much all, everything that you do, there's a money impact there somewhere. And so Jesus said that where your treasure is, is where your heart's going to be. And that runs two directions. One is it's a really good way to evaluate yourself because you can look and say, where is my heart? How do I know where my heart is? Well, one really good way to know where your heart is is to look, what's happening with my money? What's, where's my money going to? What's it doing? And so we look, and not just giving, but all the way around. What are we doing with our money? And we can evaluate and say, okay, is my heart where it ought to be? So it's a really good way to evaluate. But then you can also ask this question. Say, now where do, I want, where do I want my heart to be? Where should my heart be? And I know something about you today. I, I, I know something that if you have received Christ as Savior, 
that deep down inside, you want your heart to be where it's supposed to be. Now, you may have struggles and fears and all sorts of stuff that goes along with that. But I know that's where you want your heart to be. Well, if you want your heart to be in God and the things of God, then give to those things. Invest your money in those things. Invest your resources in the things of God and the work of God. Because where you put your treasure is where your heart's going to end up. So we started with that last week. And so this is where giving comes into that. Because giving is a powerful way of keeping your heart healthy and in the right place. Okay, So giving will do that for you. And then this brings us today to another big picture kind of thing related to giving. And, And let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Kings. Page 411 in the Bible that's in the pew, and we'd encourage you to follow along with us. Excuse me. And for those of you who may be listening to this message later online, if you're able to, we'd encourage you to, as well, open up a Bible or a Bible on your phone and follow along with us. 1 Kings chapter 17. God has led uh, Elijah, his prophet, his spokesperson. God's with, you know, at this time, God was speaking to the world through his prophets. Elijah was one of those. And uh, he speaks to the evil king Ahab and the nation that's not following God and says to him, uh, God is determined it's not going to rain. not going to rain for three and a half years. And sure enough, it stopped raining. And a famine comes in the land, big problems, and, and Elijah has to run and, and flee because uh, Ahab wants to find him and, and take his head off. And so Elijah is in hiding. Um, God is providing for him miraculously the food that he needs. And then we get down to verse number eight in this chapter where our story picks up today. And it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, And dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Go there, Elijah. I'm going to provide for you. I've already prepared someone's heart to respond to you. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. Now let's just stop right there. Remember, this is a famine, serious famine in the land. Okay, she just doesn't have. And then she says this. This is how desperate it is. And see... I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Because we have nothing after this. After this, it's all gone. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. What would you think? 
Hey, listen, I've been out of a job for a long time. Uh, unemployment has run out. I, I have, uh, really, I just have just enough money to go down and buy some milk and some bread, maybe some cereal, and, and that's all we're going to have. I don't have. I don't have any way to have any money next week or any funny, um, uh, food next week. I don't know how I'm going to feed the kids. I, I just don't know. Some of you have been in that situation. I've been in that situation. And then along comes... Elijah speaking for God and says, don't be afraid. Give what you've got to me. That money that you're going to go buy, that last bit of groceries with, give it to me. God will take care of you. I mean, just from a natural human's perspective, how does that hit you? (laughs) Like, what? That's crazy. Okay, let's read on here. Verse 14, this is Elijah continues to speak for the Lord. He says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flowers shall not be used up. But, but Elijah, you don't understand. There's only this handful in there now. What do you mean it won't be used up? God says it won't be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry. But Elijah, you don't understand. There's only barely enough to mix it and bake this. Last thing. The jar of oil shall not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And when God sends rain, then things are going to change. Until that day, God's going to provide your needs. But it hinges on something, doesn't it? What's it hinge on? It hinges on back up there in verse 13 when he says, don't be afraid. Go and do what you said. Yeah, I know you've got to cook a meal, but make me a small cake from it. Huge word, first. Before you take care of your own needs and your your son's needs, before any of that, before any other human consideration here, God says, do this first. And then he'll take care of you. Well, let's read what happened. Verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. So what did she do? She says, okay, I'm going to believe God. I believe God sent you here. God told you to tell me. So this is from God. I am going to believe God. In fact, not only am I going to, I am, I do. She went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And I don't know how this went. I, I don't know how it worked out. But I just got this picture that so she made this cake and oil for Elijah and she used it all. And she came and did what God said. And then what did Elijah tell her? He already told her. He said, good, I want you to do that. Go make something for your son and you. But, but make for me first. And so she makes for him and what she does, she uses it all up. But when she goes back to do what he said, go make some for yourself, guess what? There's enough in there to do that. I think she took it all out and used it, and then when she went back the next time, it was there. It never stayed empty. But it all hinged on the fact that she did what God said first. She made a determination on that. Do you think this woman had faith? Do you think she did? 
All right. Was, was, if you want to describe this woman before we got into this story, we don't know her, but you, you suppose that she was some giant of faith and everybody in Israel knew there's a woman there with giant faith. I would say probably not because in reality we see something that happens after this where she doesn't respond with giant faith immediately. You know what? She's just like us. And she had to look at this and, and make a decision. But God has said, and am I going to believe it or not? Faith. Faith is crucial to our lives as Christians. It's human beings, but as Christians especially. In, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. You can turn there if you want, uh, but you don't have to. It's going to be on the screen up here behind me. And it says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. In other words, that he is real, that he exists. And that he is a rewarder of those who do something, who diligently seek him. And it's impossible. That's a big word, isn't it? It is impossible to please God without this faith. And so, did this woman believe that God existed? We would say, yeah, I think she did, right? Because she's responding. Because she could have told Elijah, you're nuts. <laughs> right? I, because of the problems we're having, I don't even know if God does exist. So just get out of here. Leave me alone. But no, she said, no, I know God exists. And, and I, God is telling me to do something. And I would say to you that she diligently was seeking God when she gave to him first. She did something. So we want to understand this idea of faith, not just with respect to money, but faith in general. There are two big parts to faith, the kind of faith that the Bible talks about. Lots of times people use the word faith, and I have faith in this, or I have faith, and they don't mean what God means, okay? So let's, let's figure out what it is that God means. Two things have to be uh, present for you to have the kind of faith that God talks about. And, and first that is that there's, you have to know something. And really we see that in our verse. There's a knowing, right? I know God exists. I believe that. Okay, so there's knowing something about God. And, and it isn't just that he is or he exists. It could be anything in a particular area. What did this woman have to know about God in this situation? My guess is that what she knew about God is that God created everything. God can do anything. God cares for us as his people. She knows all these things. And you have to know that or you can't have faith. Not the kind of faith the Bible talks about. I mean, have you ever heard somebody say that they have faith in something and, and you think, that's nuts. They're placing their faith in I'm placing my faith in the goodness of my fellow man. Now that's nuts. I'm going to trust a lot of you, you know, in my life I'm going to, but you know why? Because I trust God. <laughs> that he'll work through you. So you have to know certain things. And then the, but that's not enough. You can't just have a list of here's what I believe, right? I believe these things about God. What are you doing about it? I just believe them. <laughs> Well, what difference do they make in your life? Well, I, I, I got a list, a nice list. In fact, I, I did it with special fonts. I can give you a copy of it if you like. Here's what I know about God. Here's what I believe about God. Yeah, yeah. 
And so there's a whole other part of faith when it comes to our relationship with God. So there's a knowing. I know this. And then what there is is this conscious choice to trust it. Um, I remember over the years, in fact, just recently, I, recently I, we, we repainted in our living room. And there's a place you walk in, I have a, a, a split entry, raised ranch, and, and so this, it goes downstairs and then goes upstairs, and the ceiling is a long ways up there, and we had to get up there and try to paint. But the problem is, that, you know, I, I have a ladder that only reaches so far, even though it's one of those, you know, ones that you can do different lengths, and I'm up to try to do this. And finally, I, I can't reach it. There's this space about this wide I can't reach, and about this tall. You know what I'm talking about, my house, right, Dave? Yeah. So, brainstorm. I, I uh, had a two-by-eight, two and I, I set it on one end, on the ladder and set it on top of the other end which where I have a railing. I said, I'm going to climb out on that thing. And I thought about it for a little while. <laughs> I told Glenda, would you hold this here? While? And she says, you're not climbing out on that thing. Yes, I am. I got to do this. Especially now that you told me not to climb out on it, I got to climb out on it. Well, I did, I, but it's just very tentative stepping out. Is this, is this going to hold me, right? Leaning against the wall and saying, hold on to that because I didn't want the board to go, and me go. Um, so it worked. We got it done. But the idea is there was, there was this uh, thing in my mind that says, okay, a two by eight, this length, it's not that long. A two, I know something here. This two by eight will hold me. Okay? But if I finally said, but I'm not going out on it. Would I really believe that it could hold me? No, see, so this is that faith idea. Uh, I don't recommend putting your faith in boards. But, <laughs> so here we are. I knew something. I, I knew something, and, and I was convinced of it, and then I chose to trust it. So that's, that's a biblical idea of faith. I know something about God. I know something that God has said about the world and the way it works. I know a principle that God has said is true. I know it. But that's not faith. You say, I believe it. I believe it's true. You're not talking about the kind of faith that God is talking about. The kind of faith that God is talking about is when we then choose to trust it. Now, without this kind of faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, thank This is not about getting saved. You can get saved, right? But do you know even when you got saved, how did you get saved? By works? By faith. By grace through faith. And here's what happens. When you're here and you start to hear what God says, and God says, you know that you've sinned. You've fallen short of his standards. You're, 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 you're separated from him because of your sin. You're seeing it. And all of a sudden this becomes clear, and you know that you're headed for hell because you, uh, because you have sinned and are going to continue to sin. You know it. And, and it's so true. And then you, you hear that God says he sent his son to be your savior. He died paying the penalty for your sins, rose again from the dead. And he says to you, if you believe this, if, if you'll deal with this truth and then trust, I'll save you. I'll forgive every sin. I'll give eternal life. Come live inside of you. Begin changing you from the inside out. When this life is over, you'll be with me in heaven. So you know this. Now you've seen it. 
How many of you remember that when it was in your life and you were hearing these things and learning, all of a sudden you knew it? Right? That was back for me, back in uh, the first week of April in 1975. I remember that. All of a sudden it's clear. But knowing that doesn't save anybody. It's when you say, okay, God, I'm going to trust that. I'm going to trust you for this. Biblical faith, living faith. And we really don't have time to, to turn there uh, today. But in James chapter 2, it says that faith, I have faith, I'm not trusting. That's not faith, he says. He says, well, it says faith without this works, without this doing, without this trusting, is dead. It's dead faith. Does it, so we want a Bible faith, a living faith that, that not only do we know, but we do. And so here's, here's what I want you to understand. We, sometimes we use this word faith, like I said, but we're going to activate our faith when we move from what we know to what we trust, to what we do. Okay, so if you want to go to that next slide, yeah, you activate your faith when you choose to do what God says. And this is important, regardless of any other considerations you may have. It doesn't work like this. Okay, God, you have said this and you have said this, all right? All right well, I will act on it, but, but only if, you see what I'm saying? Okay, yes, I know this is true and I'll do it, but, but only if this or this or this. No, no, no. Think of this widow woman, what'd she do? Did she say, well, okay, I'll do that if you'll fill the flour and oil up first? No, it didn't, right? It's without consideration of any other issues. I, I know, I know this is true. I know this is what God has said. Yeah, there are lots of other things to consider, but God, I trust you and I'm gonna act on this. It's, it's huge for us. And so you want to activate your faith. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to move through, look at something quickly here. But Proverbs chapter 3, page, I think it's 787, 727. Real well-known passage of Scripture for a lot of us. If it isn't, it will be in your life at some point. Proverbs chapter 3. Starting in verse 5, we get this idea. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So this idea of this trust thing. We're moving from knowing to trusting. We're moving from knowing to trusting. He says, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, notice without any consideration or anything else, you, you line your life up with this. God will direct your path. Then he says this, do not be wise in your own eyes. You know how when you're wise in your own eyes, you know what you're doing? You start figuring it out for yourself. Okay, so this is what God says in this area of my life, whether it's my money or my marriage or my work or, or whatever. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, this, this is what God says, you know. But I don't think he really means this. I think what he really means is that. And, and you don't have to be that committed. And you don't need to take that step. It's only, but you see what we're doing? We're being wise in our own eyes. 
And we're leaning, depending on our own understanding. He says, don't do that. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Now, this reverence him. Give him this high, holy place in your life. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It's going to make you healthy and strong as a person. When you set aside your own ways of thinking and your own ways of doing things, and you say, no, I know it's what God said. I'm going to trust. It's going to be a good thing for you. So when we talk about giving, this is a good thing for you. Then verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions. Includes everything you own, everything that's under your control, the money that has been entrusted to you, all those things. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the, what's the next word? First fruits of all your increase. So let's just stop right there. This is where we get to this faith thing. This is where we get to the same thing that the widow woman experienced. Yes, go do what you're going to do, but God says do this first. Well, here he says, honor the Lord with your possessions. I'm going to use all my money, you know, the way God wants. I'm going to honor with him. And he says, oh, yes, and give me the first fruits. And the first fruits was this. In their uh, culture, if it was a, an, econo- I mean, a, an agricultural economy, and so they're counting on this. And when those first things grow up, and you, it's the first part of the harvest. And so you harvest that first. Do you have any certainty that you're ever going to harvest anything else? Hailstorm hits tonight. Battering rains hit tonight. The locusts show up. You have no guarantee at all. And but what has God said? Honor me with the first fruits. And that was go their law. They gave God what came first. And what is that but a huge act of faith? I know something. I know who God is. I know what he's like. I know what he said. I'm going to do this regardless of any other consideration. Do it first. And what does God promise? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And, and I, I, don't, I do not believe, do not believe the Bible teaches that if you give to God first, he's going to make you rich with money. He might. But that that isn't what he's telling us. He's saying, you're going to have what you need. You're not going to die. God is going to take care of you when you put him first. And and so we see this this progression in the the widow's uh, life and us in faith and here. And the first is this, that God is trustworthy. Is he? If I were going to look at your life to determine whether or not God was trustworthy... How would I know? You'd have to move from no to trust, and then let's see what God does. Right? That's how I'm going to know that you believe he's trustworthy. You see, this is why it says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. Because there's something very, very special to God about our faith. He values our faith. He treasures our faith. Because when you have biblical faith, you have arrived at a conclusion that God, you really are trustworthy. Has anybody ever said, I don't trust you? How you feel? You like that? I remember, I don't know how many years ago now, about eight years maybe, out here in the foyer, I had a, a woman who, who talked to me, and she's really nice to me, and she says, but you know, I've got to be honest, I just don't trust you. 
How do you? And then she went on, thankfully explained to me, it's not you, it's because of what's happened in my life, da, 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 da. But still, what do you mean? Well, how does God feel then we, you think? We say, okay, here's what God says, we know this, and then there's a trust. I'm not going to do it. What have we just told God? You're not trustworthy. I can't trust you. So God values it when we say, you know what, God, you said this, and I know it's true, and without any consideration of anything else, just because you have said it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to trust you, because you're trustworthy, God. God is trustworthy. And I say this, I'm going to trust God. And then I get over here and say, I am trusting God. Okay? I know that this board will hold me. I'm going to get up on that board. I'm on the board. That's what I'm trusting, isn't it? It's the same thing with whatever God has said to us. And so this is where giving comes in for us in the area of faith. You give to God to activate and grow your faith. Because it's that step. Okay, God, you said to give. I'm going to give. I, I am giving. Now this, my, this faith becomes a living faith. It's been activated. And as I continue to do this, I discover again that God really is trustworthy. And I can trust him. And I do. And we get this upward spiral going again. And I grow in my faith. Giving is crucial. Uh, I, talked to, I was with a bunch of Christians this last week doing some ministry work. And list, I asked them these questions. And every one of them told me, learning to give was probably the biggest thing I ever did to grow in faith. And it matters because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So, why give? We've talked, looked at two things. The first one is this. Why give? Because it's going to keep your heart healthy and in the right place. And then you want to give because it's going to activate and grow your faith. And God will be pleased. And so will you. So will you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and that you tell us things that we need to know, things that are counterintuitive to us, things that we wouldn't figure out on our own. And you told us here that giving is such an essential part of a life of faith. And I pray that we'll open our hearts to you on this and we, we just won't hold back. We'll say, wherever we're at, maybe we already know what to do and just need to step out and do it. Maybe if there's folks here today, Father, don't know what to do. I pray that they'll stick around and, and be here and learn what to do so they can take those steps of faith. Thank you especially that you sent your son into the world and by faith we receive him and that you give us the ability to believe the gospel. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.